Welcome to the Fearlessly Inspired Podcast. We are two military veterans ready to lead, empower, and inspire women in all areas of life. We are proof that your past doesn't have to define you and your circumstances don't have to hold you back. We are your hosts, Courtney and Barbara. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, listeners. We're so excited to have you back with us today. And if this is your first time, welcome to our show. Today's episode is going to be about setting the tone for others. The conversation or the relationship um, that you potentially have with yourself really sets the tone on how other conversations and relationships that you might have, you know, with other people or in the future. Um, you know, potentially what we're saying is if you don't really care or respect yourself, then how can you really expect others to do the same? And at the end of the day, you really determine, you know, how you'll allow others to treat you. So you know, let's kind of jump into the conversation. Let's do it. Um, good morning. Cause we're, you know, we're here, we're ready to go. Right. Um, in your opinion or experience, what are some reasons why you let others treat or talk to you in a negative way? You know, I think it really goes back to your own personal self-esteem and confidence issues. And those issues usually stem from <clears throat> either like how you grew up or possibly like maybe a relationship in your early adulthood that maybe projected uh, or maybe lowered your self-esteem or self-confidence, right? So basically like an example would be like if you never heard or you never heard growing up as a kid, like positive, um, what is it called? Like positive affirmations or just like somebody that was really you know maybe maybe a parent that was really affectionate or somebody that was always saying you know you're beautiful or I love you and a lot of kids never received I love you as a kid you know when they were young you know especially in different cultures you know that's not something that parents do right so like for me like I thinking back about it I don't think that I, my family was super emotional like that. They weren't super affectionate. I don't remember that. I mean, I remember my dad definitely always telling me that I was beautiful. Um, and then, but I don't really remember a lot of people in my family being super affectionate. I remember like, you know, when you say goodbye to your aunts and uncles or your grandparents, you know, you gave them a hug goodbye. But other than that, like, I don't remember anybody in my family being super affectionate. I actually remember my aunt, like if you got hurt, she would say, uh, oh, there's no blood. Get up. Keep going. You know what I mean? Like where today, you know, you would probably sit there with your with your daughter and be like, oh, you know, it's okay. Like, don't worry. It's just a little a little scratch. You know what I mean? And like kind of talk her through the pain, you know, or talk her through the experience. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really like that as a kid. And, you know, now that I'm a little bit older, you know, it seems like my mom has become more affectionate um, or tries to be. But I really think how your upbringing is, is going to kind of stem into what, how your self-confidence and your self-esteem is as you grow up. And obviously a lot of other things happen throughout your life that may increase that or decrease that. No, I agree. You know, and I just, I think about what you're just saying about with my daughter the other night, you know, just happened to be that I was in the shower and I hear her like screaming as if like she injured herself and I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, yelling for my husband and, you know, it, our responses are so very different where I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, 
what happened, you know? And I'm like, no, ask, make sure she's okay. Right. And, you know, I mean, maybe that's just, you know, a difference between a mother and a father, how we react, but you know, my little one, she hurts herself all the time. So at some point you're just like, what happened now? You know, right. you do that. but she did hurt herself, you know? And so like, I was trying to call to her and, you know, he's still trying to figure out what happened. So I like jump out of the shower and I'm like, here, just give her to me. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll talk her down off the ledge because she's still mm-hmm. screaming. So it's just funny how you kind of say that, but I agree 100%, you know, growing up, you know, me and my cousins were very affectionate. You know, we, you know, I feel like that was always there. Um, but you know, going to sleep or, you know, whatever, like I never heard, you know, I love you or, you know, sweet dreams or any of that. Like, I, I don't remember that kind of yeah, stuff. Me neither. And you know, even to this day, you know, when I talk to my dad, depending if I'm talking to him by himself or if I'm talking to him with others, he'll be like, I love you, you know? And so it's, it's, you know, but I think that's more of a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, but I've just learned to not really expect it, but if I hear it, you know, obviously, you know, it's nice to hear, but. And, you know, not that it's an excuse, but, you know, different generations, you know, if, if your parents didn't receive that from their parents, then it may be foreign to them. And, you know, you know, even though maybe you didn't receive it, you're trying to change how you respond to your kids because of you, you reflect back on what your experience is with your parents. I would, you know, and and I believe I've said this in other podcasts, you know, the way that I parent my kids are very different and it's more of, I try to incorporate a lot of the things that I wanted as a kid. Right the things that I felt I needed as a kid, whether it's true that they need it or they don't, I just feel like there was a gap for me. And I tried to make sure that, you know, those things that I wanted as a little girl, you know, that I make sure that, you know, I say them to my kids or I, you know, try to be there in that way. So I agree. So do you think that a person's lack of self-confidence can affect others or be seen by others. Like, for example, you know, um, if someone gives you a compliment, are you the type of person to say thank you? Or do you respond with a negative comment about yourself? Like, I think that's a good example. Like, how can that be seen by others? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I would tell you I'm guilty. You know, I've been very guilty of that on multiple occasions where, if somebody gives me a compliment, let's say they're like, oh, I like your outfit. Instead of saying, thank you. I'm like, oh, I got it for this place. And I try to justify maybe like, oh, I got it for $5. And that's why, you know, I have this cute outfit, you know, like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody's like, oh, you're pretty. You're like, oh man, my hair's so messy today. No, I, I, I'm totally guilty of that. And I, I feel like, you know, in hindsight, it definitely showed my lack of confidence or that maybe I wasn't really used to hearing those things. And so it made me feel awkward, you know, at some point. Right. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. There is like some, I think a lot of people feel awkward because it's not something they've heard. Right. And so, you know, I think of some, you know, people that I've talked to recently when you're trying to compliment them, you know, they're trying to find something to kind of downplay what you just said to them. Mm -hmm. I think it happens very often, mm-hmm. um, you know, honestly, it, I think it's just, sometimes it just becomes out of habit. Even if you become very confident in yourself, you know, I have to catch myself to intentionally not to do those things sometimes. So, and, and so that, 
the, the how your how you respond to something as simple as a compliment actually can be perceived by others because if you hear somebody do that now you know now that we're kind of aware of it right like it just kind of it kind of shows how it shows others how you perceive yourself right absolutely i mean you think about like you know let's say i'm you know not you, you're talking to somebody who you know they're not very confident you're trying to compliment them to kind of boost their confidence you know what i'm saying um, not that you don't mean it, but you're intentionally doing it to help them. And you, you know, just kind of watch their body language or, you know, you kind of listen to their response. It it gives you a perception of, oh, well, you know, I need to say this more often to them because mm-hmm. they're not very confident in what you're trying to say. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being in a health and fitness, you know, accountability group, you're often, you know, trying to compliment people and you can really tell based on their responses, how, they feel, you know, about themselves, like, oh, I need to lose five more pounds, you know, I'm not really where I want to be, you know, I need to try harder. And so it just really generates that, you know, it acknowledges that they're not very confident right now. So if one of our listeners, what is one of those people, one of those people who always have something negative to say when given a compliment, you know, what advice would you give for them to try to stop that? Well, you know, like I said, we're both guilty, right? We're all guilty of this. And you have to be intentional about it to change that mindset, to be honest, because you know, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen for many of us. And so, you know, if you are aware that you're, you're that person mm-hmm. that does that, you have to almost intentionally, okay, if somebody gives me a compliment, I need to like take a second to think about that and respond with something positive, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of that mindset because that's it seems petty or little or however you want to say it but honestly that's the best way to go about it because if you don't become intentional about you know talking good about yourself you're always going to just generate the first you know you know negative negative thing that comes out but in order to change that you have to start to be intentional about it right so that would be my advice I think that's good advice and then maybe just repeating the, like, if I say, Hey, Barbara, you're, you're beautiful. And maybe just repeating that affirmation in your head back to yourself. Like I am beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe. And if somebody says that to you, you know, and you don't necessarily believe it, maybe one of the best things to do is go write it down and say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm beautiful, put it on the mirror. And, you know, until you have repeated that on so many levels and occasions, I mean, if you look at my desk right now, I have so many affirmations that, you know, especially in regards to my business. Like Mm -hmm. I just believe that, that, you know, I need to change that. So I I totally like that one about writing it down. Cool. Let me ask you, Courtney, you know, when, you know, we're talking about low self-esteem and confidence, do you think that potentially when we have that low self-esteem or lack of confidence that we're attracting people with that similar, um, like very like-minded kind of people like that? Yeah. And I think, I think if you, you, you put off a vibe of low self-confidence and low, low self-esteem, you know, other people may kind of like, like a magnet, you know, like, well, she doesn't really, she's kind of like me, you know, she doesn't really, you know, she doesn't really, um, uh, put off this confidence vibe, you know what I mean? Cause if, if, 
if, if there was somebody with low confidence or low self-esteem, right. And you put them in a room with somebody that was similar to them, right. Or somebody that's like the center of attention and and beautiful or whatever, you know, they're more likely going to avoid the person that they feel, um, intimidated by intimidated by right and so the other per you know and you can kind of see people that you know the person in the back of the room that you know is hunched over has is trying to avoid eye contact you know so I do I think that people find comfort in like-minded people even if it is on the other side of the of the seesaw right Mm -hmm. and so um and which is sad because you know when you put too many like-minded people that have that low self-esteem and low confidence together they may feed off of each other that i don't want to say it's negativity but it is kind of like pot you know um negative self-image and you know negative self-confidence and and esteem image can feed off each other and Mm -hmm. so um and which is you know to even put it maybe in a little more lively approach here you know, you think about addicts, you know, you know, somebody who has an uh, addiction, they hang out with other people who have addictions and until and they realize right. no longer good for them, they're, they're there and they continue just to thrive with those other people who are addicted to something. And how do you expect to change yourself if you cha- if you surround yourself with people that are talking badly about themselves as well? Right. So the same, def- definitely the same, the same scenario, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, un, you know, people that lack confidence and lack self-esteem, but do you think confident people respond differently when some uh, respond differently to someone that's less confident? Maybe about, and we can kind of change it a little because um, either it, it could be like a positive compliment or it could be like, do confident people respond differently to, to negative comments? Because we're talking about setting the tone for others. And so if others are speaking to you negatively, how is a confident person versus a, com- a non-confident person going to respond? Well, I think it depends on the situation, right? I think with, you know, if you're somebody who's truly confident in yourself, right? And somebody, you know, gives you a positive comment, you're potentially going to say, thank you. I appreciate the comment. And maybe even, you know, say something positive back to them. Um, but let's say somebody comments maybe with a negative comment or maybe potentially on a sexual harassment level, right? Let, let's just, you know, use that as an example. You know, we have, we've seen it happen. You know, you've been in your, you know, work environment, mine, um, you know, we've, we've all been a part of this where somebody will make a compliment like, oh, those jeans look really nice on you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's coming from a more derogatory approach. Right. You know? And so it's not your girlfriend saying, oh, I really like those jeans on you. Right. It's a stranger work with. You know, this is a perfect stranger who's kind of maybe eyeballing you in a certain way. And you, you kind of look at them. I think as a confident person, you're going to kind of, depending on the situation, you may be like, you know what? You're not worth my time. I'm not even going to have this conversation with you. And you're going to be like, thanks and walk away. Where um, the flip side of that could be like, look, you know, you're going to stand up for yourself and be like, Hey, I think that's kind of inappropriate. Like, I don't know you like that. Right. Um, and you know, I can tell you that for most people, if they don't, if they don't know me, they some, say something like that. They don't know what's coming, you know, after right, that. for sure. And, you know, obviously you don't, you don't want to just flip off your lid automatically. And so, you know, you have to kind of play that out. But I think as a confident person, sometimes you're just like, look, I'm not even gonna waste my time and that's okay. Um, and you're, you're not going to let it eat you up inside or in, in, 
where uh, uh, somebody who lacks that confidence, if somebody says that to them, they're going to be like, he, 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 you know, it's negative attention, but you know, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I think I, we might've like kind of confused, confused the, we, the conversation might've changed a little bit, you know, cause we were talking about positive, uh, you know, low self-esteem and that's kind of like, if you have low self-esteem, it might change how you respond to certain situations. Right. And so now I think we've kind of changed the situation, changed the topic a little bit to say, okay, how you, what you do or don't do sets the tone for how others treat you. So we're kind of like shifted a little bit to say, okay, now that negative person or that low self-esteem person and a, and a confident person receive the same comp, uh, a negative comment, how do they respond? And so just so the listeners kind of understand that we're shifting a little bit because the whole topic is setting the tone for others. And if you don't respect yourself, then how, how do you expect somebody else to treat you like an upstanding, you know, right. person? So I definitely think that um, when we don't, when we don't talk about something, when we don't address a negative comment or we allow somebody to continue to speak negatively about us or to us, um, it's all going to depend on what kind of person you are in the situation. But when we allow somebody to talk a certain way to us and we don't shut it down, we're saying it's okay. Right. And, you know, if for somebody who maybe lacks a little bit of confidence and somebody says something like that, it could, you could go to bed still thinking about it at night. I have. And it becomes, you know, internal to you. And then that's just, it just creates that sense of like, oh, is this right? You know, you know, do what they're saying to me, I should just accept it. Or, you know, maybe I'm not a confident person And, and that's not true. You know, it's just that happened and you just have to, you know, shut it down. You know, right. if you don't feel comfortable, make sure that you, you know, you don't have to be a butthead about it. You know what I'm saying? You can do it in a polite way. Like, Hey, I don't appreciate that. And if obviously if it continues or it escalates, well, then there's other things to do, but you know, just some random stranger makes a comment to you. You know, you have to be able to be like, Hey bro, like that's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Don't like it. I don't know you. Or if I do know you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, Courtney, you know, obviously, you know, in our professions we're we're the ratio from male to female is, is very different. And so, you know, and then obviously in your current career, you know, you probably see it a whole lot more often than I do right now, but do you think that fear may drive potentially the way that others talk to you or, or I'm sorry, do you think that fear may drive the way that we allow others to talk or treat us in our professional settings. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, like I've been in, um, you know, law enforcement for 20 years and working cases, you know, that are similar to sexual harassment or, you know, not sexual harassment, but the elevation of of that. Right. And so I think I have, you can definitely see in the military where, I think some of the like higher up people and like look at the ladder, right? You know, somebody that's above you in either rank or position, um, you know, there's some brave people out there that will talk down to you and, and say things to you 
that are inappropriate because they think that you're not going to say anything, right? So that's why and it's, I've seen sexual harassment in the military and within the civilians in the military. Believe me, the old the old timers in the military, the civilian old timers, they are quick to say something that's inappropriate to somebody that's their their subordinate. Mm-hmm. You know, because the different different generations, you know, they're right. You know, there, there, there. Let's be honest. There was a time where women were not going to speak up and 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 um, stick up for themselves yeah. because you know we that voice was hushed. And so, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, there you have to stand up for yourself. And because if you don't, even in the military world, like if you don't, things can escalate. And you are just reinforce the, the behavior of that person. And they think that it's okay to say something again and again and again to the point where there's fear, you know, to say something. Well, what if I say something and nobody believes me? Or what if I say something and I get, and I get counseled or I get reprimanded or I don't get um, a position or a school, you know what I mean? So there's so many different things that somebody above you, one of your supervisors has control over and there, you know, there could be threats. So Mm -hmm. like, it just could go on and on and on. This could be a topic, a whole nother topic, but I think I absolutely think that fear of what could happen if I say something or I report something could happen to me if I say something. So instead, most people just kind of stay silent and think that it's going to stop or go away. Um, so to shift to shift the conversation a little bit, because you can obviously hear in my voice that you know, this is a topic that I'm passionate about, but I think there are times, Barbara, where we are maybe young and we accept negative attention as attention. So have you ever accepted that negative attention or negative affection from somebody else in a place of, okay, well, it's just, even though it's negative, it's something that I desire or want. So I'm just going to let it go. You know, I, I, I would say absolutely. Um, and, and it's funny because you say, you know, that we're young, right? Um, and I think, I think we should replace that with young minded. Like we're not in a place where, you know, we, we've grown in a sense of right. where we want to be, you know? And so, but, you know, for the fact that you said young minded, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, I think of kids, right? When, when you have multiple kids potentially, or even one, you know, some kids, when they're not getting whatever attention it is that they, they desire, potentially there becomes some, you know, maybe issues with them, the way their behavior or whatever, and they start to accept that negative attention, you know, whether it's their parents screaming at them or, you know, potentially abusing them, but to them, it's attention. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think of, you know, that's the first thing when you ask me that question that kind of comes to my mind, but you know, even as an adult, you know, I think, you know, there's, I, I think, you know, right after my, my divorce, you know, how many years ago, 15 plus years ago already. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think about after my divorce, you know, mentally, I just wasn't in a good place. And so, you know, I was in a relationship where I accepted, um, you know, this attention that wasn't probably the best for me. It wasn't healthy. 
Right. Because it was attention. Um, you know, I was, I was in it and, you know, it wasn't until, you know, in hindsight that I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I felt, you know, I was losing myself. And, you know, I think about even potentially, you know, just in, in general, like sometimes, you know, when we're working or something, we, we can't meet those expectations or, you know, from our subordinates, as you were talking about before, you know, and we're like, well, at least, you know, they're giving us some attention and, you know, you don't, you, we shouldn't be thriving off of the negativity. You know, we should be thinking of the ways that we really want to have that positive, that positivity coming into us. And so, but, you know, again, I, I'm guilty. You know, I've definitely taken negative attention. I think even as a kid, you know, my, you know, my brothers were always in trouble. And so like attention was always in their, their court. And for me, you know, I, I always tried to be, and this is the opposite, right? I tried to be the perfect little kid, quote unquote, not get in trouble, like do everything I had to do because the, you know, I always saw how much attention they were getting. So I tried to do the opposite, but, you know, and I tried to give myself that positive approach, you know, try to flip it, but you know, still it was like, well, you need to do this better, or you need to do that better, or you can do this better. Like, you know, you're always striving to do something more, but you're like, well, at least, you know, in my mind at that age, like, okay, well, it's, they're giving me some feedback, even though it's probably not the best positive feedback. No, absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've talked about my own personal experience on previous episodes, but, you know, I, for a long time, and, you know, I, I, I'm still not sure if it stems from, you know, my, 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 my relationship with my dad and how that kind of didn't end on great circumstances. Um, but, you know, for a long time, you know, I craved some, I craved attention and then I, I got that attention from locations or people that were not good for me at all, you know? And so, because I was mistaking like a sexual relationship for love and emotions and attention. And if, as long as I got something, I, my cup was in my brain, you know, my cup was filled like, Oh, this is the attention that I crave, even though it's not healthy at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until it, but I was blind to what I was doing because I was so young and, you know, I wasn't uh, mature and I didn't see things from the outside. Um, I was just surviving, I think. And oh. so, um, it wasn't until, you know, much older, you know, that I, I, I realized what I was doing and I tried to, you know, I've tried to break that cycle just, but it's, it, it all thrives off of, you know, I, I don't want to say low self-confidence, but one, just not knowing yourself and not knowing what you're doing and just being blind to something that you've done multiple times and then realizing, Hey, like, this isn't healthy for me. This isn't, this isn't, what I deserve. I deserve more than this for myself. And so, um, well, you know, I think you said it earlier, Courtney, you know, you don't think you have a voice, you know, and sometimes, you know, it, it's just as simple as that. Like if I speak up, you know, there's going to be worse consequences. And so you, your voice is kind of taken away from you and you don't feel like you can speak up for yourself. And or, you know, or you or how, to, you, how to stand up for yourself. You don't know how to be make, make the right choices. And, and what's it, I'm trying to think of the word, like, 
demand respect, like demand the right attention, demand somebody to treat you how you should be treated. Because at that time, like maybe I didn't really know like what it was to be treated by somebody or what love was or, you know, what a relationship was. And so I, I chose something that was available. And, and, you know, just for our listeners to put a little perspective, you know, Courtney's almost 40. I'm over, you know, I'm going to be 41 this year. So, you know, this, this isn't something that we were able to do, you know, umpteen years ago. This is something we're just now, you know, getting comfortable in our own selves to do and really understand who we are and what it is that we really do demand. And so, and that's not, you know, like it's only my way or the highway kind of demand. It's just understanding who we are, what our desires are. And, you know, what we want in our future, you know, the way, and again, you know, the whole topic is setting the tone for others. And so, you know, I think that, you know, we're just learning how to set the tone for others because we've allowed a lot of things to happen over the past, you know, umpteen years. And, and now is when we're just starting to get our voice for ourselves. Absolutely. And so in closing, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, you just have to self-reflect and look at, look at what your experiences, look at your life, look at your relationships and look at yourself in the mirror and, and literally say, am I doing what I need to do in order for people to treat me the way I expect them to treat me? And if I don't respect myself, how can I expect others to respect me? And, and how you're, you know, exactly everything that we've talked about, like how we are, how our personal self-esteem and confidence is reflected out towards others and how they might perceive it. So um, just take a look at yourself and just realize that at any age, you can, you can turn, you can turn the tables and you can make better decisions for yourself and you can learn to be confident and increase your self-esteem, but you have to put in the work. So So thank you guys for listening. We uh, hope you found some kind of value from this podcast. And if you know anybody out there that may need to hear this message, you know, don't feel free to share it with them because somebody out there does not know that we're having these hard conversations and they may need to hear it. So we also hope you'll join us on our next podcast. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fearlessly Inspired Podcasts.